Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr, and I would like to welcome you to the Black Ink Podcast. This is episode number 50, and today we have so much to cover. And if you're a fucking fan of this show, you'll know that I don't regularly come in with a plan when I'm going to record a 45-minute podcast, but fuck it, we're on episode 50, so I've got some things that I want to touch on. Now, the only problem is I've taken about fucking six attempts at recording this, and I'm not lying when I say six attempts. I tried this three times yesterday, one of which I got 15 minutes in and then decided I was going to stop recording. I had another couple attempts. This morning, I woke up at fucking 2.30 so that I could record this podcast before I had to wake Larissa up for her to go to the gym. Hey, Louie, leave it. And even then, I still couldn't get it done because I was fucking... It was 2.30 in the morning, and I was all drowsy and all the rest. So just, look, it didn't happen, uh, and... Also, yesterday, while I was trying to record one of them, I got a couple minutes in, and I was on a roll, I had good tempo, just like I do right now, and fucking Louie starts chewing on her toy, and it's that toy, you know how every dog has that one toy where they're like, I'm just going to settle in with this for a couple hours and just chew the fuck out of it, you know? Hey, Louie, don't do that to me, you know? Your boy's trying to record a podcast. What do you want me to do? Anyway, what I'm first going to touch on, point number one, and this is super exciting, I can now do Every single part of production, as far as my apparel is concerned within my business, locally. About 80% of it I can do myself in this very room that I'm sitting in right now with my screen printer, which is behind the camera, and my heat press, and all the other beautiful bits and pieces that I've got going on. And then the other 20%, I can offload to a bloke in town who has a digital printer. Now, I knew this before, but I never had the idea sex and put everything together to come up with the answer that I've now got here. Because... Originally, what I wanted to do was do all my printing in town, give all of my printing to this guy with a digital printer, and just hold a stock of blank garments. But the problem is, at the time, I couldn't justify... I didn't have the money, let alone justifying it. I couldn't come up with the finances I need to buy those black garments so that I could get them to print them. So I I had to keep on outsourcing my printing to someone who could provide the tees and the printing, which evidently was this place over east. Now, before I get myself in any more trouble bagging someone out online or a business out online, this place that I was dealing with over east are fucking pathetic. Now, to the point where I think I've spoken about it before on the podcast, where I've elaborated on the fact that like 50% of the shit that I receive, not 50% of the things that I receive, it's 50% of the packages that I receive will have something wrong inside of them. So if I receive two packages from these people with 10 shirts or, you know, 10 garments in each bag, I know that one of those garments in one of those bags is going to be wrong because it's like literally a 50-50 kill rate as far as like a bag being completely correct. And I know it might seem like fucking crazy to expect that you would order 10 T's and 10 T's would arrive how you order them. And I mean bullshit things like you, you know, you pay for express and they just send it standard. Or they'll put a graphic on the front of a shirt and they're not on the back. Or sometimes you'll get like five of the same shirt made and then the fifth one just doesn't have the back graphic on it. You know what I mean? Or like things like you, like the most recent one is I received that purpose tee and like the shirt is square and the graphic is just fucking kicked off to one side. It's like, where the fuck is your quality control? You know? So I literally, the last order that I received from received from them was just last week. And it was a, it was, <clears throat> it was this shirt that I'm going to explain in a second. It's called the Trademark Tee. It's the new release for Black Ink that I'm about to bring out. But I've got a few little bits and pieces I need to move around before I make it official. But I received this shirt, and it was beyond pathetic how not white the white print was. It's a white print on a black tee. Like realistically, I shouldn't have to tell you that the white has to be white because we're going on to black. You know what I mean? Like it's a very fucking obvious thing when it's not exactly white. And I'm at the point with these fucking idiots that I don't even care about getting a refund or getting a replacement shirt. I just never want to communicate with them again. 
I just don't want anything to do with it again. I feel like even if I'm pushed into a corner where I have to use them, I will make I'll make other options. I will even go to someone else that might take twice as long because I know that I'm more likely to get the fucking result that I want, you know? And like without getting too into it, like this business that I'm talking about, they've put heaps of things in place to really deliver a, such an effective quality product to be able to, I mean, I essentially have built my business on the very fact that I can do what they provide. They provide a same day printing service off. I order at nine o'clock in the morning. They can have it printed and sent out by the end of the day, which is brilliant if the thing that you're sending is the thing that I ordered, right? And if you go back to that whole fucking Honda situation in town here, we go back to the very fucking, the fundamental point of being in business is to make money. So when you're in a business, when you're a part of a business, whether you're an employee, an employer, no matter what your job is, there is a simple thing that your whole point of being there comes down to. And with these people, it's printing things on demand, right? And part of that is printing them effectively, printing them properly, making sure that the customer is getting what they asked for. And when it is as simple as like, here, make a picture and tell us exactly what you want and we'll take that picture and go create it. Like, there's nothing more that I can do except for create the best possible. Like, it got to a point where you can add a little thing in the bottom there and I'd say like, make sure the graphics are on the correct garments. Make sure that the correct amount of garments are in the bag as per the order. Make sure that this is sent express as per the order. Like I would put these things on there and still get shit that are wrong. You know what I mean? Everything that they do is about that one service and even then they can't deliver it. So I'll go above and be, I've gone so fucking above and beyond my means of like getting away from them that I bought my own screen printer. I bought my own screen printer. That's how, that's how fucking useless these people are at what they do for a job. I've had conversations on the phone with them before. I'm like, literally, what do I need to do to become important to you? How much shit do I need to order from you before you take me seriously as a customer? And they're like, no, 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 we get 400, you know, around the 400 orders a day and like everyone's treated the same. It's like, well, fuck man. It doesn't matter whether I order 50 shirts of you or I order one, you still fuck up. You still fuck up. That shirt where the fucking purpose thing was completely on an angle, one shirt in the bag. There was one shirt. Now, if you were doing 50 of those, I understand how one of them might get fucked up. When there's one of them, how the fuck? What's going on? Like, and I understand that people like to get efficient at their job and do a good job and rah, rah. At the end of the day, though, your job still consists of like, if your job, if within your job is like checking something and making sure that it's right and quality controlling, like I expect you to look at the product before you send it. If you got something from me that wasn't up to standard, wouldn't you go like, hey man, isn't your whole job black ink? Doesn't your whole job come down to selling shirts? Why the fuck do I have a shirt that isn't of the best quality that you can provide? You know what I mean? What are we just sending out a hundred and hoping none of them come back? Like even though we know some of them might be bad, but if we, if we don't see it, then maybe it doesn't exist. No dickhead, like do your job, right? Anyway, that's how much I don't like them is that this isn't even about them and I'm already off topic talking about them, so. Anyway, let's get to this tea because I have it right here. Now, obviously the first thing that you're gonna notice is that it is not a white print. It's actually, it's kind of like a light gray print. You know what, fuck them, I am gonna email them today because that is just useless how, I, and I know what you're thinking like, hey man, that's not that fucking bad. Well, this shirt is about six months old, maybe not older than that, and that's a white print on the front of it. Now, can you see the difference in the colors there? Because I can, you know? Like, look at this. There's some words down the bottom here that we can barely read because they're in light gray. Hey, 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 what the fuck is going on? That's not white. And that's funny because designing this on the computer, I did it in white. 
when I uploaded the file to you guys, it was in white. And then when it, what I got is just some fucking, oh, sorry, bro, the ink cartridges are running out of color. Hey, man, do you know what I fucking care about? I care about getting my shirt in white. I don't care about what printer you use. I don't care about where the ink cartridge is at. Fuck, I don't even care if the guy printing it is having a shit day. I care about getting the right fucking quality product. <laughs> That's what this is about to me, right? And this is not the right quality. So what are you doing? Okay. Anyway, that was a direct message to the person who fucked up who never watched this podcast, but that's not the point. I want to thank you for joining me for that public service announcement. Now on to the trademark tea. So as you can see, the front of the trademark tea has this beautiful, nice and simple yet, I don't know, captivating, unique, just beautiful graphic on the front. So we've got uh, obviously the black ink up the top here. We've got the little globe just to symbolize that we are going worldwide one day, baby. Down the bottom here, it says Bunbury, West Australia, trademark black ink. 2021 and then on the back we have quite a similar setup but it's got the circle around it which is kind of offset just a little bit to trick the eye you'll enjoy that and then down the bottom i i have this 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 little text that i was talking about which is you know it says you know all rights reserved right to the publication can't be reduced or the you know fine print of copyright sort of shit and you're probably thinking but what is the story behind this shirt thank you for asking brilliant question i never officially kind of congratulated myself or celebrated the fact that I got black ink trademarked and you're probably thinking like yeah is it anything that crazy to fucking to celebrate well let's put it in this let's put it in this context okay so you just started a, a clothing business right and you put all of your money into that clothing business and it's really obvious where your money needs to go because you need to create products you need to you know get some sort of publicity you need to market yourself you need to create some sort of shop front, whether it's digital or whether it's physical. You need to have stationery. You need to have like notebooks and shit. There's heaps of things that you've got to buy, you know? And at the same time, you're still trying to live. You've got to put fuel in your car and you've got to buy coffee and you've got to fucking pay your rent and your bills and all the rest. And then someone says, oh, have you, have you trademarked or copyrighted your name? And you go, well, no, I haven't. I haven't. And I know basically what it means. And then you start looking it up and you realize like, oh, this is actually quite an expensive process. And on top of that, you start questioning yourself like, I mean, this is a question that it all comes down to in businesses. What am I spending my money on? How essential is it? And what return am I going to get from it? Right. And this is actually quite a difficult equation to come up with, because the thing is, when it comes to trademarks, you're essentially not buying anything that's going to get you a return. You're buying security so that someone doesn't come along make the same name, make a business with the same name as you, then, then them trademark themselves as that name and then sue you for making money off their name, which even though we know I was around first, right? So on top of that, then you get someone who's in business as well who just says like, man, I've just had a fucking eight month ordeal battling with this fucking some Asian company who, as it turns out, is just someone sitting in their bedroom looking for people who have unregistered business names registering their business name and then trying to take legal action against them because, you know, they fucking can. It's like a legal loophole. And hearing that, obviously, you just have to fucking jump up and down and afford it as quick as possible. So I did this months ago. I paid for my trademark and like it literally must have been three, four, five months ago, something along then, something along those lines. And it was at the time, it was something that I was literally so kind of butthurt about the money that it cost just to literally get not even a piece of paper. And I think as well, like, Sorry, I fucking, I don't even know why I'm burping. I've just had a massive ride on the push bike. But um, it's funny because like at the time, all you get is like a piece of paper saying that now it's going to go into international. Um, it goes like 
I think it goes on to like international probation or something, which basically means that like I'm covered in Australia. Now it's going like worldwide. And then there's a six month grace period where anybody can put their hand up and say like, hey, I'm black ink. Fuck this guy. You know what I mean? And then that goes backwards and forwards and rah, rah, rah. So it's actually not trademarked around the world. But, but it is trademarked in Australia. I do have the piece of paper. I'm fucking big dick energy as far as it comes to covering my name and, and the fucking digital property or whatever it is of black ink. So... As a celebration, I wanted to create a single print, sorry, a single color print shirt that obviously like, let's let's cuddle the bullshit out. I made it a nice, simple, look at this. Nice and simple, clean lines, one color. Your boy can produce this with his screen printer. I can produce this top. And that's actually kind of the reason why I'm holding it off just a little bit because at the moment, and, and we're going to get into the fucking what's going on with the screen printing in a second, but at the moment, I've got a little bit of a mishap, a little bit of a hiccup as to why I can't be screen printing today um, and why I had to stop screen printing on Friday. So I'm waiting until everything's up and running. I'm going to produce one of them for myself, even though I have this one. We've already gone over how fucking pathetic this one is, and I don't want the, the business that created it to replace it. I just, oh, yeah, I know. I know I said that I would, oh, yeah, just fuck them. Just fuck them, you know what I mean? So I'm going to create one myself. I'm going to I'm gonna obviously get the fucking result that I want. I'm going to do all the um, promotion and shit of that. And then it's going to be available for sale. And then as I sell them, I can produce it myself. How fun is that? So that's a little bit on that top and what's going on there. The real big news is I'm now doing fucking everything locally. I'm doing everything locally. The tags get sewn in locally. That's out in Donnybrook. The fucking screen printing gets done here. The heat press gets done here. The big color prints and all the rest. Maybe I can't handle um, screen printing today or whatever and I've got some urgent orders. I can still get them digitally printed for a, a reasonable price. And obviously, I mean, getting them digitally printed here is only until one day I get my own digital printer because... I'm going to the fucking moon with this business and I will end up with all of these fucking cool gadgets and gizmos. I didn't realize this was even the path that Black Ink was going to take, but now I'm kind of on this path. I'm like, of course, this is what I have to do, you know? So super exciting. Um, the next thing is kind of like, yeah, so I have, I've had a bit of a fucking tumultuous uh, past couple of days and it's not that it's been negative. It's just that it's been testing. So basically on Friday, to give you an idea, I did those first run of um, those first four screen prints. I can't exactly remember why I stopped, but basically I've got a four station screen printer with um, with the carousel on top, which also means you can do four colors. So you can do four shirts, four colors at any one time. Um, the whole idea with like playing with the ink of a screen printer is essentially you have to move, um, you have to move like, uh, I wouldn't say quickly, but you can't move slowly. You kind of just have to move continuously. So I'm, I figured out I'm going to be doing a lot of my screen printing um, earlier in the morning because we're coming into summer. Um, this ink being water-based is heat sensitive. So basically at the end of the whole process, as you might've seen in my Instagram live videos, I heat press them for about four minutes on 140 degrees. And what that does is seals that ink onto the shirt. Now, if I didn't do that, it runs the risk of putting it in the washing machine and just washing the majority of that ink out. It's the heat that actually seals it. So if you're working in a hot environment or if you're working in an environment that isn't still and you've got air movement, that ink is going to want to set to itself and to start to become hard. So what I have to do is essentially keep the ink moving, right? That's the whole basis of, of what I'm learning at the moment. And this is the thing, like what I'm basically doing is kind of... Um, what am I doing? I'm explaining the process long form as I learn things for the, not even for the sake of transparency of my business, just for the sake of like sharing the experience that I'm having. Um, so that first, that first session I did, I had all the four T's set up, 
um, got them done, and then I just wanted to pack up and clean up. I didn't want to get another 4T set because honestly, I was so scared about printing on brand new black shirts that I had to pay for that if I fuck up, I have to throw them out or do something with them. It's not like you can kind of just go, ah, well, we'll keep moving and fucking hope for the best. I kind of just wanted to do four, see them done. If there was anything going wrong, make the change and like make sure it's effective and then, and then move on. So again, those first four done, I pretty much learned that like there's not really that much to be scared about. You just got to make sure that you're always on the ball. You got to look for these little indicators. Okay, I see this happening in the screen or I see this happening in the print or my ink is doing this or my squeegee's doing this and like not making big changes, but just like being very aware of these things and also setting myself up so that the next time I see the people I bought the screen printer off, I can say, hey, I had this, this and this happen. How can I, you know what I mean? You have your questions ready. So Friday. I set everything up. Actually, I think I spoke on one of my podcasts about the fact that I couldn't be chill with my mate. Um, was that? I think that might have been Wednesday even. Wednesday or Thursday. I couldn't be chill on the push bike ride that we had. I was really kind of antsy with Riz. I didn't quite know how to fucking handle myself. And then I started doing these um, these screen prints. And then after the fact, I was so overwhelmed with just like relief that like I had done it. I didn't ruin any shirts. I didn't damage the screen. I, you know, I just fucking, I was correct. You know, and this brings me to a bigger point than I'm going to make at the end of the podcast. But um, the interesting part about uh, doing this on Friday is that I put myself in that bubble again, right? And I put myself in this thing of like, right, Friday's my screen printing day. And to me, there was no doubt at all I was getting 16 shirts printed, right? I was doing, what is it, 4, 8, 12, 16. I was doing four runs of four. All it meant that I had to get it right four times. Because once those shirts are on there and the ink is on the screen and everything's set up, I'm pretty confident, you know what I mean? Because at that point, everything's straight, everything's lined up, the ink's good to go, the screen's clear. All you have to do is just fucking pull, pull, turn, pull, pull, turn, pull. And you do that eight times and those four shirts are done, right? What I noticed is I did four. This is on Friday, I did four. I get them out of the way. I did another four and I start to notice little bits and pieces. I'm like, oh fuck, the screen's blogging up here. It's doing this, it's doing that. I start to stress out a bit, you know? And then I put the ninth, I put the next, I've got three set up here only because I put the next four on. I did one and I looked at the shirt and I'm like, this is fucking up. This, if I do all these three, all these four shirts, I feel like they're fucking up. And on top of that, the ink was giving me some weird, I don't know how to explain it. It's as if, I don't know, I don't know. Imagine if you um, the ink kind of looked like you had wet sand at the beach and then you put heaps of pebbles on there and then somehow took all those pebbles off and you were just left with the indentation of all the pebbles. And I was kind of like, fuck, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. And also, like, as I said, I can see the screen blocking up in particular areas. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to stop everything. I'm going to finish this shirt. I'm going to clean everything. I'm going to start back up again. So I do that. I stop everything. I clean everything and like, this is a thing like you you spend, well, for me at the, at the moment, if I spent like five hours screen printing, understand that I spend two hours at the front fucking setting up, two hours at the back setting up, and I probably only spend about half an hour of that hour in the middle actually pulling screens. The rest of it is just kind of like, you know, negotiating the screen printer, pulling them off, putting them on sort of thing. And even the pack down is just like, yeah. And obviously, obviously I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to get better at this. You know, like I've done it fucking a handful of times. I'm already better than the last time I did it. It's just a case of going through the motions. So I fucking pack it down. I clean everything. And as I'm cleaning the screen, I notice that it's gone a little bit too clear. Now I've got it right here. So I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. This, and I haven't cleaned it. 
100% great. So you can still see a little bit of the white and shit on the inside. So this is a screen, by the way, if you didn't know. It's like a wooden frame. This here is just like a, what would you call that? It's like a, I don't know. It's like a heavy duty, the same material that stockings are made out of, but just like super heavy duty. I'm not exactly sure what the screens are made out of. And then this dark area that you can see is just like a, it's like an emulsion that's painted over the top of this. Then they put a negative on the screen. They expose it to light. That then burns whatever isn't covered up, burns a hole into the screen. And then that's how your screen is made. So those who know what emulsion is and burning a negative, if you're familiar with photography and dark rooms and all the rest, that's how this is done. If not, don't worry about it because it doesn't fucking change any part of your life. So you don't really have to know, but that's all good. So you might be able to see just here. Let's get a spot where you can see. See, like, see pretty much how you can see the black ink logo, but then at the top here, it just goes fully see-through. That's because the emulsion started to wear off. And basically what would happen if I put this down on a shirt and then pulled ink through this, that would just be a big blotch, whereas everything else would be the exact sh shape of the logo that I'm trying to transfer, right? So as soon as I started to notice this, I take a photo, I send it to the people that I bought the screen printer off, and I'm like, hey, this isn't a good sign, is it? They're like, nah, man, you got to get that redone. So what you would normally do is you take all this fucking, this is just um, masking tape. So you take all your masking tape off, you'd clean all of that emulsion off and you put another screen on, put your negative on there, expose it again, you would start again. But this is the first screen that I ever fucking printed with. And as it turns out, just by the absolute luck of the draw, when they were getting this ready for me, I wasn't there. They just coincidentally happened to grab a screen that is fucking twisted beyond belief. I'm not sure if you can see it there. But like this thing is just, you can kind of see the twist that it's got in it. But man, it, it's like someone grabbed one corner and just reefed it up and pushed the other end down, which means that it doesn't sit flat when I'm trying. Yeah, you can kind of, can you see the twist in it and all that? Don't worry, it's got a twist in it. Trust me, right? So problem being, it doesn't sit flat on, in the screen press, which means that I've got to hold it down with clamps and all the rest and, you know, put, put pressure on this way, pulling it down. It's crazy. So they, I just said, look, let's just make a whole new screen. I'll bring in my negative, because that's the thing, the negative you can use over and over and over. I'll bring in the negative, we'll make a whole new screen, a nice, crispy, clean, flat one. And that way I'm starting back from square one. So what's the fucking point of the story? I have 13 shirts hanging in front of me. They're steamed. They're good to go all bar those small heat transfer numbers on the inside that's going to indicate which shirt you got. Um, so I've got those 13 good to go. Obviously I have another six sitting here and two hoodies that need to be printed as well. And I'm also getting fucking order after order after order come in on the website for these OPTs. So I'm ordering in all of these blank tees. Basically I'm going in today to get the, this screen remade. I'm also going to get the back of the box globe. I'm getting the, the rolls tee. I'm getting, uh, the trademark tee. I'm getting all those screens made this week. So basically by the end of this week, I'm hoping it's one of those things where we could get it all done today and tomorrow, but you got to be realistic. Everyone's busy. So I, don't, I wouldn't expect that the business that does this for me is going to turn it over that quick. If they do, fucking praise God, that's amazing. If not, being realistic, I should have these screens by the end of the week. I should have all my heat transfers here by the end of the week. So basically it's all coming together. <laughs> like that's basically what's going on at the moment. And Probably episode 50 is an appropriate time to talk about this because for the longest time, it's been coming together so fucking slowly. You know, it's, it's, 
I'm at a point now where like I'm starting to like have some data to work with, right? I've now been doing this long enough and even been in this space that I'm sitting in right now long enough to appreciate like, right, this is kind of how the future is going to look. This is kind of how my day operates at the moment. Because for the longest time now, it's literally just been wake up and solve the problems that I couldn't solve yesterday afternoon. And then once I've solved those this morning, take this afternoon to figure out what problems I'm going to solve tomorrow. I know that sounds real kind of like basic and it doesn't quite make sense unless you've been in this situation of like having to solve problems, but it's not like I can allocate Monday mornings to like new product research and I, I allocate Tuesdays to do all my ordering and I allocate Wednesdays to do all my dispatch. You kind of have to do, you know, bouts of everything every day until you get to a point where you need to like, where a project turns from half an hour into a project could take three weeks. You know, and now I'm starting to, I mean, I think the thing that I am most uh, aware of at the moment, as far as my business is concerned, is I see businesses that are 10 years down the track and the people who own them have jobs. They don't have a business. And I think the thing that I'm really vigilant right now about is like setting the foundation to create a business that will be very systematically integral and will allow people to come into this business and just follow processes, follow the system so that whatever I do can be replicatable without me being there. Because the thing that the way that I see Black Ink in the future is like, I don't know what it is, you know, like I don't know what it is. And I see like the shirts and the jumpers and the crop tops and, you know, the all the clothing and all the apparel. I see that as one, one leg of this business. And this business is a fucking octopus. You understand? Like I'm that fucking, and this is the thing, like, Sorry if I'm getting a bit off the trail here. I mean, what's getting off the trail on this podcast? I feel like that should be the fucking name of this thing. But I feel like I've even had businesses approach me and say like, hey, would you be interested in screen printing my stuff? And you know, the, the more I think about that, no, no. Like I would be interested in it. And for sure, the businesses that got in before I even bought the screen printer and you know suggested that they all want to do this, um, you know, I'll definitely look after them. Because I mean, on top of that as well, there's some businesses that I want to work with for the sake of working with them. Because it's fucking cool to help out other people that are doing that are doing the damn thing, you know. But realistically, I don't think Black Ink is someone else's production company. I think Black Ink manages all their own production, and like, I'm not exactly sure of the inner workings of businesses like Street X, but I'm pretty sure they produce a good amount of their own stuff, and they don't produce other people's things. And that's because, I mean, like, very simply, like, I don't want to give away too much of my business, but I mean, this is how much the T-shirt costs, right? Now to outsource that job, it costs this much, which means only get that much. But for me to do it myself, I can do it for say this much, which means my profit margin goes for here. Now, if I'm gonna make a t-shirt that's gonna be sold for this much at the end of the day, but there's another, it's like got another business's name on it, which means that I have to be able to produce it for say this much, so they can still make their profit margin, then that means that I've got to do heaps more work. I've got to produce heaps more physical one by one by one garments to get to the point where that profit margin is met. Which means if I spend more time focusing on selling my own brand and still producing myself, then I'm going to maximize the amount of money that I'm going to make. And you go like, is it all about money? Fucking yes. Nah, I'm just joking. It's not about money. But at the end of the day, if you're going to trade your time for money, which I am at that point of my business where I'm not at the point where I can outsource, I can bring people in to do that manual labor. I can bring in outside people to do the marketing or the photography or the tax or the whatever it might be. So 
at the moment, I would rather spend all of my time producing my goods and marketing them to the best of my ability so that I can maximize the amount of money this is making. Because heaven knows, I'm living on fucking dollar coins at the moment and I'm getting sick of it, okay? I was just about on top again and then I bought some machinery and now your boy eats McDonald's, right? <laughs> More, to, you know, yeah, I'm saying I eat McDonald's in that like, I'm eating chips at the moment. I'm not eating fucking, I'm not going to Nicola's, you know what I mean? I'm not at Mojo's, you know? Your boy had to ask for a fucking free coffee off Craig at Townhouse the other day because I dropped the last of my cash on the road, which, fuck me, you know? I've always kept cash in, the, you know, the cash pocket at the front of your pants, like this one right here? I always keep cash in there. And then like literally two days in a row, my cash falls out. I was with Craig, right? Dude, so we go for a ride. As we're pulling out of this place, I like go to a bit of a stand up. Now I look back and Craig's picking up shit all over the road. I'm like, okay, why is he picking up shit all over the road? So I go back and he's picking up like $130 and 10 and $20 notes. I'm like, this dude looks like a drug dealer. Turns out it was my cash, fell out of my pocket. So I get the cash off him. I'm like, man, that literally never happens. It must have just been sitting right on the edge. I've gone and stood up, and then it's fucking fallen out. And he's like, yeah, whatever, man. I literally on my way to go and get a coffee off him. What is it? Saturday morning. I go in there and he's getting absolutely slammed. And they're like, they're behind the counter. I've got industrial deafness. I can't hear shit. I'm guessing they can barely hear me. I've just come off the push bike. And I always make the mistake of going hell hard up until the point of getting to the cafe. Then you get off your bike and you're just like full red face and you can hear your heart beating your ears and shit. And they're just like, how are you going? You're like, yeah, no, fucking I'm good, cunt. You you any fucking water, bro? Like that, you know? <laughs> but, so, and I'm trying to say like, hey man, like you're not going to believe it, but I fucking, I did it again. I dropped my cash. Can I have a coffee on the house and I'll pay you back? And, and, it, and you know, like as much as he's cool that I feel like a fucking dickhead asking for it. Anyway, to the point, I'm not making that much money at the moment. So, rewinding all the way back, I am definitely going to be fucking honing in on getting this screen printing technique and process absolutely mastered so that hopefully one day I can bring someone and they can do that for me and just print all black ink stuff, right? But moving forward, so my Friday was kind of, it was all over the place because obviously by lunchtime, I'd realized what had happened. I cleaned up all of my area, realized that I need to go get these screens remade. So I'm digitalizing all of those graphics. I'm like, right, if I'm getting the one screen made, let's get all the ones that I need made all at once. So I'm digitalizing all of them, getting them ready. And just as a little back note, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I made the mistake of learning Photoshop at the start and basically everyone in design uses Illustrator, right? And I don't, and like, I mean, even if you understand, like, if you're the type of person that goes like, oh, you can still do everything on Photoshop, rah, 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 like that's fucking cool, man. But I'm just in a position now where everything would be infinitely easier if I just learnt fucking Illustrator instead. I don't even know, I think I learned Photoshop just because it's a cooler word than what Illustrator is. Like literally that was my reasoning. And now I've got to like, everything that I make in Photoshop, I've got to bring across to Illustrator, image trace, get all the lines right, create a vector image of it, and then I can use it. And even then it's just like, dude, just make things in Illustrator rather than in Photoshop, then you don't have to like translate it and get this version of what you made as a fucking vector. You can just make the thing as a vector. But that's cool. So I digitalize all those things. I go and find all the clean screens. I then go to the business. By this time, it's fucking four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, look, I'm just getting everything ready for Monday morning for you. So it's here. Boom, boom, da da. Thank you. And um, yeah, then it's just like, I'm at that point where I'm like, right, I've done everything I can possibly do. as far Because obviously like, my main priority right now is getting those 20 T's out. These people ordered these like fucking two weeks ago and they're still waiting on them. So 
as much as like, and it's, it's funny, you know, because you go like those 20 people that ordered those teas, they know that they ordered the first one of 20 hand printed teas. And in that you're going to get imperfections. You're going to get small fuck ups. I mean, I didn't anticipate having to wait this long, but this is fucking part of the journey. You know what I mean? So it all, I mean, it's just, it's just a learning process, just a learning process. So I got myself to a point where I'm like, cool, those 13 are done. They're all heat pressed. They're good to go. They're hanging up. They're looking prettier. I put some stories up on, on Instagram about them and all the rest. So we've done everything we can, right? So then I come to Saturday and I'm like, right, I've been real vigilant lately. And I've done a podcast on this before, been real vigilant of like really making sure that I take time for myself. So when it comes to the weekends and like Riz was working Saturday and Sunday, so I'm like, right, I'll get some time with the fellas, ride my motorbikes, have some fun, all the rest. And man, Saturday just fucking, man. Yeah, dude, just fucking zoned out. I just zoned out on Saturday. Like literally, uh, my friend said that he was coming around after work at lunchtime and it's weird, man. I feel like anytime, as soon as you get a time someone's doing something, it's got nothing to do with what time it is now. It's all got to do with how much time is going to pass between now and that person's going to arrive or whatever the thing might be. So he told me it was coming around like eight o'clock in the morning after lunch. And like, then you just spend the whole fucking morning achieving fuck all, walking around the house. And like, I ended up going for a ride on my push bike and losing my cash and getting a coffee and coming back. And then you've only got like an hour and a half before he shows up, which isn't long enough to do anything. So then you just make the excuse of like, oh, well, I guess I'll just do some washing and walk around and fucking, you know, might yell at the top of my lungs for a bit because I'm bored. And then he shows up, you know. And then we end up going to the fucking motocross, watch some of the state round. We only saw the juniors, but that's juniors are on Saturday, so it's all we, all we could see sort of thing. Got a fucking... Dude, it was so funny. It was so funny. So we got ourselves... We went to the fucking ice cream van and we get ourselves like a Sunday and like... They don't fuck around on those ice cream vans. It's kind of cool because in the picture, it looked like it was just like ice cream in a cup with like some sauce on top. I was like, I'll get one of them fucking Oreo sundaes, but can you put sherbet in there for me as well? And he's like, yeah, man. And you know how when someone gives you like that answer where they're like, yeah, man, you're like, this dude's going to put a pinch of sherbet on top and slap my ass on the way out and be like, enjoy. But no, that wasn't the case. This dude put sherbet on the bottom, in the middle, at the top. He put so much at the top that I had to like blow some off because I was doing that thing where you get a scoop of ice cream. I don't know if you've ever done this, but you get a scoop of ice cream and it's got like the shit that you want on there, which is the Oreos. And then it's got sherbet on top and you make that fatal mistake of like breathing in as you put the spoon in your mouth and you breathe sherbet into your fucking throat and it goes up through your nose. Then all of a sudden, like your fucking eyes and bum holes start watering. You don't know why. Like what the fuck is sherbet, by the way? What is sherbet? So we get hooked up with these unreal fucking Sundays. So we're walking around the motocross. I've got on my fucking, those bright yellow Oakleys. If you've known me for any amount of time, you know the glasses I'm talking about. I've got the fresh fucking black ink tee on. I've got white socks and my runners and all the rest. And my man's just come from work. So he's wearing all full high vis and that. He's got his work boots on and his fucking shorts and his high vis and his hat. We're walking around. And I mean, dude, if you don't know the motocross, I mean, these are just fucking bad dudes. You know what I mean? Like whether they're kids, adults, men, women, it doesn't matter. They're bad motherfuckers, man. They get on fucking absolute weapons and go and race on a dirt track, just trying to go as fast as they possibly fucking can, launching themselves into the air, around corners, around berms, fucking over the whoops, all the shit. Like, it's just crazy what these people do. Fucking mad respect for them. I can't do it. I can't manage a bike on dirt. It's just not my thing. I don't know what it is. I got scared as a kid and now I just don't fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm literally trading my dirt bike at the moment for, like for, for a road bike or have done. So anyway, we get in the car and we're talking. I was like, man, you know, it's fucking, it's funny like with, uh, with like with how people perceive you sort of thing, you know, like walking around 
And like, this is the thing, wearing those big Oakley jawbreakers, the reality is most people don't want the heat that you get wearing them because you look like you're wearing a fucking fly mask, you know what I mean? With the massive eyes and, you know, like, oh, who's the dude wearing all black and then bright yellow and fucking orange sunglasses with reflective things on them? And then the thing is, man, no one's actually thinking that. You know, if you're just the motherfucker who rocks up wearing those glasses, you're just the motherfucker who wears those glasses. You know, like, like I was saying to my, to my other friend, when we went and bought that Grom, like, dude, you can feel like a dickhead cause you're six foot four riding around a 125 CC bike, or you can know that you bought it for whatever reason you bought it. And, or, and maybe the reason is you just fucking like it. If you're the person who's riding it, as long as you don't make it look like you're the person who shouldn't be riding that bike, then people are just going to see you as a person who rides that bike. I said, you know, it's funny, I wear these glasses and I go out and I'm kind of scared about the fact that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm scared about the fact that people might look at me and people who know, it's like, why are you wearing cycling glasses to this? And like, the glasses are like so old and fuck, like, why are you still wearing these? No one's asking that. No one's thinking that. Fuck, man. The only time someone pays attention to something like that, that, you know, they'll be like, oh, have you seen Jake? Like, who's Jake? The come with the yellow glasses on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did see him. That's the only time. And if people are spending time going like, you see the cunt wearing the fucking, the yellow glasses, you know what? Fuck them. Fuck them. It is what it is. You're not going to change their minds. And they've got so much spare time that they're talking about you. You know? Like, I couldn't tell you anyone that I walked past this morning or that I experienced whatever. I've been to the gym, been to the sauna, all the rest. The only person I can tell you anything about is a person I was hanging out with. And even him, I didn't make that much eye contact. People don't fucking care, you know? So it's all about this perspective that we have of ourselves or that other people might think of us when they're fucking, when they, you know, when they run into us or when they, you know, when we're part of their fucking day, we think that they might think this about this. But in reality... They're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves as much as you're thinking about you. You're worried about your yellow glasses and they're worried about their socks not matching or they're worried about fucking... And this is the thing. When you ask people what they're worried about or when they, you know, confide in you what they're worried about, people are worried about the wildest things. You know, like Riz being worried about people thinking she's some particular person because a car looks like a belted up piece of shit. Trust me, most people, you ask them, even after you take them in your car, you'd be like, hey, what car do I have? What color is it? And they'll be like, uh, it's a fucking four wheel. It's got four wheels. You're like, yeah, dude, but what color? No idea. People don't care because people are so worried about their own shit. People are as important, as important to themselves as you are to you. That's a really important thing to remember. They're taking their shit as seriously as what you take your shit. So don't worry about what they're thinking about you, you know? You know something? I had OnlyFans, right? I had a fucking successful OnlyFans. Successful. I grew an Instagram account from nothing to even at the moment, it's got four and a half thousand followers and continues to get multiple follows every day. Sometimes I'll log on there and it'll have fucking 12 new follows overnight. This thing continues to grow even after I don't post on it, right? I had a successful OnlyFans and I did some wild shit on that OnlyFans by myself, but I did some wild shit on there. You know what I mean? Like you could literally go on there and have your fucking mind blown. Not saying that because it was so good, just because you're like, I know that guy. I know that guy. And he's fucking, I know that guy. You know what I mean? And the only reason I did OnlyFans is because I had a friend who did it who just like literally tripped over, accidentally started selling dick pics in high school and turned it into an entire fucking income for himself. An entire income, right? And he would say to me, he's like, bro, look at you. Look at you. And I'm not trying to fucking put myself on a pedestal here like I'm sexy or attractive or anything. He's like, you're tall, you got long hair, you're covered in tattoos. I'm fucking guessing you got a piece on you. Why don't you put it online and see what happens? 
And then you have this thing like for, for almost a year, you know, uh, you know, when he first mentioned it to me, like, well, why don't you do it sort of thing? I'll boast you up, rah, rah, rah. And to give you an idea, he's just a fucking, he's just a, a local dude here, got 250,000 followers, lives off his OnlyFans and all the money he makes online and hasn't had a job for as long as I can remember. You know, and for that first year, I was like, oh, yeah, but what do people think? And what if your parents find out? And then, you know, all the people that picked on you at school, they find out. And one of them ends up paying the $10 a month and then they've got access to all this shit and rah, rah, rah. And, you know, what happens if, you know, it ruins your chances with the perfect person you're going to meet in the future and all the rest and rah, rah. Dude, long story short, I did it and really did it. You know what I mean? And like to be very, very fucking transparent with you, the only time that a guy makes uh, explicit content for the internet is for the pleasure, uh, for the viewing pleasure of other males, right? To be very, very clear, the majority of females will never pay to see your dick. Okay. The majority of females don't have any interest in seeing your dick for free, right? That's just how it is. The actual aesthetic of it, the fact that like, here it is and here's what it looks like. Women don't care about that. To my fucking, to the best of my experience and knowledge and learning, I found that women typically only care about a penis once it's like somewhere around them. The whole fucking, the thing about, uh, what would you call it? The um, novelty, I guess, or the, it's almost like a dick pic can ruin something because you've taken away the mystery of what it might be, you know? And it's like, especially an unsolicited dick pic. I'm going on fucking a weird tangent here. It's not what I'm trying to talk about. The point is, is when you make explicit pornographic content as a male, you are making it for other males, whether you're straight or not. Okay. Now we've got that out of the way, right? So I made my fucking Instagram account, I didn't drop the OnlyFans for the longest amount of time because I wanted to create some sort of hype. I created the OnlyFans account. I dropped it. I had money coming in. Everything was all fucking gravy. It was cool. You know what I mean? But the thing that I was worried about the whole time was at what point am I going to have that conversation you don't want to have? When's my parent going to come to me and say like, hey, or parents going to come to me and say like, hey, are you doing this? When's my friends going to come to me and say like, hey, man, do you think this is the best idea? When am I going to go into the fucking pub and have a group of guys pointing at me and laughing? When's that going to happen? Because that's the thing that you're really worried about, right? You're going to have some chick come up to you and be like, are you the guy with a small dick on OnlyFans? You know, like, and by the way, not saying I've got a small dick, not saying I've got a big dick. All I'm saying is just having literally anything that you weren't expecting come your way. And do you know when it happens? Never. So I asked my friend with 250,000 followers, and, you know, obviously fucking thousands of subscribers on OnlyFans. I said to him, like, when have you had like a negative negative repercussion from this? He's like, bro, never, never. I've never been teased about it. I've never had anyone message me about it. I've never had anyone face to face anything about it. I've never had a friend not talk to me because I did it. He goes, just at the end of the day, I just fucking spend time with my family, make heaps of money and jack off on camera. And life's pretty good, you know? And this is a dude who's literally been on international trips paid for by these people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what happens on those trips. It's not, I'm not saying that anything even happens. What I'm saying is, is that he's fl- flown first class around the world, having fun. And yeah, I mean, even that my friends of mine that talk about him behind his back that, you know, maybe do or don't know him, even then they're not saying anything. It's, it's always just the f- fucking conversation of saying like, you know what? If I look like him, I'd probably do it as well. You know? And that's the thing, man. Like, I grew up hearing that over and over again. Oh, if I had a body like him, I'd never wear a shirt. Oh, if I look like that, I'd never fucking... Well, guess what, motherfucker? I do look like that, you know? I'm not saying... As I said, I'm not saying I'm attractive or I'm sexy or any of the rest. 
but I am six foot four. I am covered in tattoos and I do have a fucking pretty long mane of hair. And for some reason, people like to pay for that sort of content on the internet. So I fucking did it. I did it, you know? And dude, to just to double down on how, how much you might've fucking doubted me, that's how much I hustled, dude. I'm not about fucking whatever it is. I'm about making money. I'm about fucking turning over. I'm about doing something, you know? And dude, it's just interesting, you know, like all the th- all those reasons that you give yourself as to why you won't do something or why you might hold yourself back. And then you end up going and doing it and realize that the thing that you were battling in your mind was just so alien to what the reality actually is. It's so far off, you know, and like even the things that would scare me about going into business for myself and realizing like, right, I'm going to lose everything before I start making something. You know, and I'm talking about black ink specifically here. I'm going to spend all of my money before I start to have money coming back in. You get anxious, you get nervous, you're worried about what that's going to look like, what that's going to feel like, what you're going to have to go without. And then you lose all that money, you know, and then you start going through that process that you knew would happen. And you know, the reality of what it feels like is so totally fucking different. The, the fear of not having money isn't the thing that keeps you awake at night. You know what I mean? You're like, you think, oh, what happens when I have no money? You know what happens? You have no money. You look the same, pretty much feel the same. You just can't go and get coffee, you know? You just have to be a little bit more strategic with how you're going to spend your money. You just don't get the fucking, the bullshit that you're buying yourself now that you think you can't live without, but really you can live without, you know? It's all those things that you walk past in the shopping center and you're like, oh, I'll get it because it's cheap. You just don't get it, you know? That's simple. All good. And then you end up finding like the thing that keeps you awake at night is like, fuck, I wonder if I could screen print my own shirts. I wonder what the cost would be involved there. So the screen printer would be this much. Okay, so I don't have that money. What can I sell? You know what I mean? Then it turns into something totally fucking different. Sometimes it turns into a situation where you have nothing to worry about at all. The thing that you were worried about was the fear of starting itself. And once you get over that fear and you're in and doing it, then realistically everything seems to not really scare you anyway because you're so busy with what the next task is that you don't have any energy for the fear, you know? Anyway, I just dropped a fucking bomb that I used to have OnlyFans on this and that's not even part of the fucking... Dude, I'm going to name this shit my OnlyFans story. It's fucking clickbait title, bitch. And if you got 45 minutes into this and you're just hearing this now, you're like, he just took 45 minutes of my time and didn't even tell me that much about OnlyFans. That's on you, baby. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So because I've already hit 45 minutes, I'm going to make this quick. Just like I make fucking everything because I talk so fucking fast. But here's what it is. I yesterday officially released the first NFT, non-fungible token of black ink. Now, if you're unaware of what this means, it means that I released a piece of digital artwork that you can buy and own and sell for yourself, right? Now, a lot of people have A, never heard of NFT, NFTs, B, they have heard of NFTs, have no idea what they are, C, have heard of them, they kind of know what they are, or D, know exactly what they are and don't need to listen to the rest of this podcast. But I'm going to treat you as if you've never heard of them and we're going to start from scratch, but I'm going to do it really quickly. I'm going to try to do this in 10 minutes, okay? So an NFT, a non-fungible token, is essentially a piece of artwork that you own digitally. And the main question is like, okay, so let's say I posted a, you know, a copy of the NFT on Facebook advertising the fact that I have an NFT for sale. I go, here's what it is. And then you go, okay, but I can just copy and paste that and I've got that document. I can print it out and it's mine. Yes, that's very true, okay? It's kind of like saying, well, here's here's the Mona Lisa, right? You can take a picture of the Mona Lisa. Shit, you can take the Mona Lisa off the wall and take a scan of it. So it's exactly the same, reprint it, put it up in a frame and say, that is the Mona Lisa, but it isn't, right? So 
what an NFT is to create to the, the, the transition between having a file and turning it into an NFT is a process called minting. And what minting does is it establishes this thing as a digital asset online, right? That digital asset can then be transferred on a blockchain. Now, all the different cryptocurrencies are all their own blockchain, right? So my NFT is minted on the Ethereum blockchain. What this means is to buy this from me, you will need Ethereum, right? And to have Ethereum, you have to have a digital wallet. I don't want to go too far into that. That is its own thing and it could be a podcast of its own. So let's stay on track. So my NFTs are based on the Ethereum wallet and they are traded on a platform called OpenSea. Think of OpenSea just as eBay. You can go there with your NFTs, put them up for sale, sell them. You can go there. You can just display them. It can. You can just show your collection. You can also go to OpenSea to buy NFTs, which means if you know there's one in existence that you want or you're keeping an eye on or you want to find out more, you go on OpenSea and you go and have a look. So you imagine it kind of like an art gallery mixed with eBay, but it's all digital, right? So... We're still at the point where you go like, okay, but if I can copy it and I have the exact same result sitting on my computer, what's the difference between copying it and owning it or buying the NFT and owning it, right? So the reason why the blockchain is so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The reason the blockchain is so kind of interesting is because it is a almost transparent ledger of everything that's going on. The blockchain cannot be cheated, right? So the blockchain, every time the blo- every time that piece of artwork gets bought and sold, whether it's happened once or a hundred thousand times, it lodges who bought it, who sold it, how much it was exchanged for, right? So this is one of those things where very honestly, at the moment, this thing is absolutely fucking worthless, right? But the idea with these NFTs at the moment is you're essentially buying into an idea. You're buying into the the agreed social, it's kind of like a social agreement that this will be worth something in the future. And I know it's a bit of a gamble at the moment, or it seems like a bit of a gamble, but this is one of those areas where the more research you do, everything is going to be an NFT. Everything will be an NFT. Songs will be NFTs. Movies will be NFTs. Everything will come down to... I mean, obviously, this physical world is probably going to exist for a while longer yet, but the digital world is only growing. The fact that VR is in its rudimentary stages and getting to a point where it's almost believable. You've got Elon Musk who wants to put chips into our brain that can read what we're thinking and can give us thoughts and can log our memory and can download consciousness and all the rest. The digital space is a very fucking real space. And while these digital artworks seem to be very kind of what's the word? They're like almost too basic to take seriously. And like, while the one that I posted yesterday is just a single still image that is what it is and it seems very basic, let's play this out. Let's pretend that all of these digital assets, it doesn't stop at still images. You get to a point where, you know, if you make a a short movie or, you know, imagine... It's actually hard for me to come up with examples because it's like it's so vast on what it could be that creating a simple example is almost not doing it enough justice. But let's say that everything turns digital and you own the first NFT that Black Ink ever created. Now Black Ink has, you know, 400,000 followers on Instagram. It's got, you know, fucking, I don't know, uh, you know, 50 to $100,000 worth of turnover per month. You know, everything is geared in such a way that fucking Black Ink is doing well. And then on top of that, Black Ink offers apparel, it offers accessories, it offers production, and also has a complete own stream of income that is the digital, like every time I make a shirt, there might be an NFT that goes with it, right? So whatever this grows into, 
there's an opportunity right now to buy the entry level piece of digital artwork that was first ever created by Black Ink, right? And I know it's like, okay, so what am I betting on? You know what I mean? What am I betting that you're going to do well and the NFT space is going to blow up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And dude, we're at the sticky end of this fucking podcast. So I'm allowed to say some out there bizarre shit. But realistically, like, all I do is this. All I do is spend time on the internet and create physical products for people to buy so that I can spend more time on the internet making physical products. Right? This is where it's all going. Right? This is one of those things where like Bitcoin fucking 14 years ago was hell scary or whatever it was was hell scary. No one knew what it was and everyone's like, why the fuck would I buy a Bitcoin? Bitcoin's fucking a dollar something. Like, why, why would I get a bit? Oh, cool, 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 cool. Look how that ended up. You know what I mean? Look how those fucking questions ended up. You know? It's like, dude, did you know when the fucking government first brought in that thing about the solar panels on the roofs? And they're like, if you get solar panels on your roof, we'll give you fucking 40 cents for every whatever it is that you bring in. And that's just locked in forever. And then you had like 80% of the country being like, nah, that seems like a scam. So what? I'm paying $300 a fucking, uh, you know, a billing cycle for electricity at the moment. And you're telling me that I could actually be making $100 or $150 on top of my electricity costs just by pulling solar panels on my head? Nah, nah, nah. Doesn't sound like it'll ever take off. You know what I mean? My nana got on that fucking there and then when they were giving away the bullshit amount. And now she still gets hectic amounts of money back from the government every time she fucking gets a power bill, which she doesn't get. You know what I mean? This is one of those things like, you know, you wish you bought Facebook stock when when it first went public or you wish you had bought Tesla stock. Dude, this not specifically Black Ink itself, but the NFT space, while it is so young, it is so green. Now is a time not to start buying, but to start understanding what is going on, because this is the future. This is definitely the future. This is one of those things where whether you're going to be ready for it or not, it will take off and a lot of people are going to make a lot of money because of that, right? Anyway, if you want to find out more about NFTs, I definitely recommend YouTubing it, Googling it, and just Googling the exact question you have because there are so many parts to NFTs that obviously I haven't covered on this. And I feel like I kind of... I, I, I kind of explained it the wrong way. I felt like I was really trying to push it. Then I'm not trying to push anyone to buy this NFT. I'd be quite happy to hold on to it just for myself forever. You know, just at the moment, I kind of wouldn't mind selling it as well because there's a gas fee to get it online, which is like a hundred and something dollars, which kind of, that's the only reason I'm selling it for 250. So it means I make a hundred dollars on top of the gas fee that I have to pay to, to, to get it up there. And I only want to make a hundred dollars on top of it so that I have enough money to pay the gas fee on the next thing that I put up. So yeah, look, I understand it's a bit of a fucking bit of fuckery, but at the same time, it's also, you know, we'll go through the process just like screen printing. We'll make all these little fuck ups at the start. We'll go through it. We'll learn all the lessons so that one day, hopefully you boys are fucking, you know, jack of all trades, multi-millionaire sort of deal. But, you know, don't want to don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. Right. Anyway, that's a 54 minute fucking podcast. I'm going to sign out. And after fucking seven attempts, we finally got it done, babes. I'd like to thank you for joining me. This is episode number 50. We're going to the fucking moon. Enjoy your day. Be good to your mom because I'm fucking out. Yeah!